Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. Mike, I think, figured out a way to make your heat different than my heat, so. Yeah, it's the sync button. No, Turn that's, that off. that's this one. Back here is the sync button, I think. No, I don't think it is. Okay, well, if you get too hot. I'm not going to worry about it. Figure It'll it out. Fine. The AC is on over here. No, the AC is off. What? <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of new things, eh? Hey. So many new buttons that I don't know what they do. There's a, there's a manual for it. I, have you looked at the size of the manuals yes. for the new cars? Yes, I have. You get a separate one for each little thing. Like, you've got a, a manual for this, uh, your entertainment system. Right, it's not an entertainment system, it's your infotainment system. You've got a manual for your... Um, I am a millennial. I will just figure it out by brute force. I mean, and then be sad you might. about it and frustrated when I can't figure out why things do things. There's a quick start guide. There's a uh, full manual. There's all sorts of stuff. Well, so. I'm glad you figured out how to turn the AC on or off. I push the button that says and AC. I'm making my butt toasty right now. So. Good for you. I'm glad. <sighs> anyway. So, <laughs> so speaking of manuals <laughs> to things of manuals. and how they work, tell me, <laughs> you mentioned tonight with the uh, at our Cantlos Druid Moon where we opened the Ancestor Box that this is our longest running, longest continuous running growth tradition. Yeah, it's it's certainly the the it can't be the longest running because we didn't do it at our first Samhain ritual, which means we did it at our second Samhain ritual. Oh, did it used to happen at Samhain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll cover that too, I suppose. We'll, we'll cover the whole timeline, the shifts in it and everything. Why not? Um, but uh, our our true oldest tradition is the grow, is the poem that we do at Himmelk. Uh, we've done the, that. The 19 flames yep. of... Borgando or Bridget or whatever. Yeah, we've done that from the very start. That was our first uh, Imolk Rite. But at our second Samhain Rite, which had, which is the first Samhain Rite that had more than just me and Joe at it, um, we had uh, Jenny there. And Jenny brought up the idea of an ancestor box, a place where we could store all those things that remind us of our ancestors and so we bought a box 
We went to Joanne Fabrics and is bought it, a box. Is this still the same box? It is the same box. Okay. Uh, it is held up stupendously well. Remarkably well for a random... For a 23-year-old box that probably cost us $14.99. If that. It may have been a $9.99 box back in 2003 or whatever it was. 2002, 2003? It would have been 2003. So it's a 20-year-old box. But the idea was to open this box at Samhain, put mementos from those who had passed into it and tell the stories, remind ourselves of the dead who have gone. And so we've done that every year since then uh, with slight variations on it, but it is always open at Samhain. And these days we do that by opening it at our Cantlos Druid moon prior to Samhain and closing it at our Simonios moon after Samhain. And the reason for the window of time that it's open is because having it only open during our Samhain rite meant that we were all busy when it was open. <laughs> yeah. And there wasn't really time for an, for an experience with the box. Uh, or if there was time for an experience with the box, there was no time for hospitality with the people who had shown up. So we were spending all of our time with the dead, none of it with the living. And that's not what the, that's not what the dead want for us anyway. <laughs> and so uh, that's kind of where that tradition came from. It came from Jenny saying, hey, this is a good idea. And we all said, yeah, that's a great idea. It is. I have, we have our own personal ancestor box at home that's like not connected to the Grove. It's just our family and granted, our stays open all the time. Yeah. Um, but more of a shrine that just happens to live in a box, I think. <laughs> yeah. We we decided to give it kind of its special time to set it aside uh, because that let us... It gave people more time for mourning after someone passes. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not like... You immediately have to be like... Exactly. You, you, don't, you don't move straight into putting it in the ancestor box. Unless, of course, they die during this lunar month. Um, in which case, you might. But for, the, for most of us, um, you know, 11 twelfths of the year, or almost 12 thirteenths of the year, uh, there is time between the period of someone passing... And the time you get to open up the box and put something that reminds you of them in. And so it, it helps lengthen out that process. Because in our daily life, we want to take something that we're mourning over, put it on a shelf and be done with it, right? And that's not the way that things work. Wouldn't morning is yeah <laughs> I know would that it were uh, but we spend our time remembering and that remembering is particularly in this case is healing because you get to you get to remember you get to spend that time experiencing and thinking about and understanding what's going on and usually I don't know about you, but when people that I know have passed, 
their stuff stays on my altar and it's out and it's visible and it waits for Simonios and, and Cantlos to be placed into the box and so we've we've got that I've got that extra time with them yeah I mean mine does that too though my first experience with someone who I like knew passing was my grandpa who did die I think I want to say just a couple of days before the box closed yeah and so I mean like I so you hurried up I hurried it up and it was hard yeah like it was real hard um and it didn't help that like I wasn't living in Columbus at the time and so it was when I happened to be here with like while the box was open and it was just a whole a whole thing yeah um and I, I think that we've gotten maybe a little bit better about explaining that people can wait. Yeah. Over yeah. where we had been, because I don't think that we were very good at that for a long time. And there were a lot of things that we weren't very good at as we've gotten better at this tradition. Yeah, and I, and I mean, like, I don't know if I would have waited if I had felt more like I could have. Um, yeah. I just don't know. Like, I don't know what I would have felt. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. But, yeah, when I've had uh, Beloved Dead now, I um, I will send, like, I will keep it on my altar or on, in my ancestor shrine until the box opens, and then it'll go in. Yeah. I think that figuring out how to how to interact with that stuff anyway like the the leftover things that people have yeah. from their lives that they leave behind for other people to deal with and manage yep um it, it takes some work it takes some figuring out every time and in a lot of ways by having this kind of communal box this kind of communal experience it gives us all a chance to see how others deal with it and that in turn helps us figure out how we're going to deal with it too. I don't know what I would say it helps us figure out so much as it shows us there are other ways. Yeah. Which I can help you figure it out but like I would say like you tend to be a very stoic person right? So like watching you grieve is not it doesn't help me figure out how to grieve because it makes me go, oh, I should have no emotions. Um, if I think of it that way. Yeah, as I can a, see that. As opposed to approaching it as, there are different oh, ways of there grieving. are different ways. And if, I'm, if I am not outwardly displaying emotion, that's okay. Other people do that too. Like, so it, yeah. it does, but not, not in the way I felt like you were just saying. <laughs> I get that. I likely misspoke because what you're saying is what I mean. Okay. Um, but... Yeah. Stoic, huh? No one's ever called me stoic before. I like it. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Not that I know of. Maybe behind my back as an insult. I don't, I don't mean it as an insult. Just <laughs> as a descriptive word. <laughs> no worries. Um, but one of the things that we, we talk about tonight, too, because we've, we've just opened the box. Um, and... Uh, we realized that a couple of years ago 
you did something very smart, which was you took pictures of a bunch of these items and put yeah, them into I, a photo album. It was probably it was probably like six years ago at this point. Yeah, so well, like I, mean, I need to do it again. They're, they're film photos, so yes. Well, I got them printed. Was <laughs> oh, that what happened? Yeah, I I'm, I took them on my phone. Um, which was a whole it was a whole thing. So I'll get gotcha. there. Um, but I so I I took pictures of ev- like everything that was in the box currently got the pictures printed and put them all on a photo album um, with the idea, uh, kind of multiple ideas. The first one being people could write on the back of the picture what it is and who it's for mm-hmm. and tell any sort of story they want um, on the back there or in the notebook we have. Uh, part of it was because the notebook was hard to explain. Like People would write down like handkerchief with flower on it. Well, we have a couple of those. We do have a couple So it's like, which one? Uh, so I, I got, I took pictures of everything and, and put them in there. Um, and there's stuff that like, we just don't know who's, who it belongs to anymore. Um, and I would love if like, if someone were to come back during Samhain time and be like, oh, I remember this thing. It's for so-and-so. Then it would be very easy for them to just write on the back of the picture. Yeah. Um, the other reason I did it is because we, we need a bigger boat. Um, the box is very, very full. We'll probably get another few years um, yeah. of stuffing everything down in there. But my my initial thought when I was making this was um, kind of prepping for when everything might not fit in the box and how we would keep the energy of the ancestors together if we couldn't keep all the items in the same box. Yeah. Um, and so I took pictures of everything so that through contagion they could continue li- to they live could continue together. to live together. Yeah. Um, but it was a whole thing when I was taking pictures because I was like, these things only come out during this time, and these are digital files, and so what happens? So I no longer have the digital files because what I decided was that I would take all the pictures, I would go and get them printed, and then I would delete all of them. Yeah. So. I, I no longer have like the digital files. It's only the the physical print copies that are in the box right now. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just tonight, you know, we were pulling stuff out, and I shot a note off to one of our for, former grove mates, and I'm like, "Hey, we've still got this in the box. We want to have the story behind it. Can you give me something to write on the back of the yeah uh, the back of the photo? Because that way." will have the stories. The point is to I mean, it's remember. what is remembered lives, yeah. right? Like, I, I call it bardic immortality. Yeah. Like, you don't, you achieve mortality by the way people remember you. Yeah. And so, we don't want these stories to die. We need to write them down. We need to have them there. Um, so that, at some point, when we are no longer there, someone will remember whose stuff this was. Right. And yeah, because the stuff is a nice link, but it's the it's the stories that are in the box. I feel like you know, yes. like it's it's the memories that are in the box, and the and the the physical objects can help remind us. Um, but they are physical objects, you know. Yeah. And we don't tend to limit who can put anything in the box either. It's if you feel like. Your ancestors belong with our ancestors. They can go in. And there's no... We've never made a clear delineation between have to be a member, have to be a friend, have to come to so many rituals. Yeah. Um, 
which I like, but again, it makes it hard to make sure that we've got the story. explained it. Well, one of the things that I liked, like, I think it was, it was either Seamus or Missy who initially told me about the, like, the blending of ancestors. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it was, it came about because, um, I think Missy was feeling sad that she didn't know a grandparent and Seamus handed her one of his grandparents yeah. from the box and was like, well, we share ancestors now, so this is your grandpa, and, like, told her the story. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, me as someone who's adopted and, like, the ancestors are always the one of the three kindreds that I feel like I have no connection to. Like, I really struggle with it. Yeah. Um, and so it was that, that whole idea of, oh, wait, I can have beloved dead <laughs> yep sure can um, because we share ancestors like that was just very it was one of those like aha moments where I was like oh yeah oh okay I mean the number of decks of cards and dice and poker chips that are in there they're, they're a bunch of gambling fiends I, I am having positive having a grand old time <laughs> positive they're having a good time um, and you, you think about the kind of camaraderie that comes from gaming together. Yeah. And this is the kind of gaming that our ancestors would have all done. They would have played cards around a table. They would have played with dice. Um, these are very familiar things for them. I play with dice around a table. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're um, just polyhedral dice. <laughs> so far, no one's put any of those in, but it's not going to be long. It won't be long it until that It will not happens. be long at all. Um, but the... Uh, the idea really is, and it has been from the very start, that these are the Grove's ancestors. These are, together, they make a whole, and we are greater because of the sum of those parts and because of the whole that they make. Um, We are ourselves more holy, wholesome, whole... I don't know. Not wholesome. Not wholesome, no. That's <laughs> definitely not the right word. Um, but there, there's more to us because there is more to them as a result of this connection. Um, and so we, at Cantlos, we untie the, uh, the crocheted ribbons around the... Carmen crocheted those, right? Uh, Carmen crocheted one and... I forget who off the top of my head crocheted the other. It'll come to me eventually. But uh, I believe it was two yeah. different people. They are, they're, they're black crocheted cords, essentially. Yep. And the funny thing is, we have to make sure that they get tied by someone who knows how to actually tie a square knot. Because <laughs> You spent a long time trying to untie that one today. I am so glad you picked a long song. Because um, <laughs> I, I worked at that the whole time. Um, I think we let one of the kids tie one last year. Probably. And part of the problem, too, is that they're just right to pick them up by. Yeah. So over the year, they just get tighter. Yep. Um, and I say part of the problem, but it's not really a problem. It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got the we've got the cords, and they're tied around, and those don't come untied for the entirety of the year. We take them off, and then we place them inside with all the stuff uh, for this lunar month. And then... At the next rite, at Simonios, uh, well, we'll leave it open 
across Samhain. We'll open it up at Samhain. We'll, de- we'll set it out. We'll decorate the altar with the stuff uh, that's in the box. And then at Simonio's, we will close it up again after we've done a dumb supper. So I don't know if we've done a dumb supper every year, um, but usually we will bring food and we'll sit down and we will eat together and we will tell the stories of our ancestors together. Well, which is why I'd like to point out, we do a modified dumb supper. Yeah. Because like a true dumb, a true dumb supper means that you don't... Nobody speaks. Nobody speaks. Yeah. And I think we, I think we changed that when we started bringing our kids and we were like, this is not going to... No, we changed it before the Did kids. Did we? Well, because yeah. it was very much like this is not community building for us yeah. to sit in silence. And so we changed it to the only conversation that happens is the stories of the ancestors. Yep. And so we've got a, usually a bell or something like that. Yeah. Someone will walk up and they'll ring the bell uh, and then uh, tell their story, ring the bell again, and go sit down. A lot of times we toast. We toast, yep. But the only conversation that takes place at all is around the ancestors during that yeah. period. And we make them a plate of food so they can share the meal with us that we're all yeah. having together. So, and then at the end of that, of course, we thank them and we close up the box for another year. Yeah. Um, we try and make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to put something in the box if they want or need to. Um, anything that goes in never comes out, though. Um, stays put yeah. away. Well, and which is why we always we always try to make that point very clear because we don't want someone putting in like their only picture. Yes. You know? And to be fair, I think if someone did and realized that, we'd be like, okay, well, let's photocopy it. And yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure right. it out, but yeah. it's better to not have to have that yeah. worry. So we say it every time we open the box. Yeah. If it goes in, it, it's not going to come out. Um, and that's not such a big issue for us these days as it used to be. Every so often, in the early days when people weren't real familiar with how we do offerings and sacrifice, sometimes we'd have someone say, oh, well, I didn't mean for that thing that I offered to not come back to me. And we're like, well, that's kind of the point of the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've, we've trained the folk around here real well. Uh, they, they all kind of get it. And but we still try and verbalize that, especially with something like, you know, dolls and lighters and, and the real kind of ephemera of yeah. stuff that your ancestors have owned or had or made for you. Um, we don't want someone to yeah. well, and which regret is why, putting like, something if in. If that's something they really want to put in, like, we encourage them, like, take a picture of it and put the picture in, and that is... Just as good. Just as good. Yeah. And space-saving. And space-saving, because <laughs> I'm taking pictures of them anyways. <laughs> so, but, no, it's it's been a fabulous little tradition, and I, I love the, the process that we've built here, where we're pulling stuff out, we're putting stuff in, it's, you know, it makes a lovely decoration at Samhain, uh, it's just, it's a really good way to remember people. Is, is yeah. here's here's the things that were important to me and here's the story that goes along with it and having the having the thing as a touchstone 
to help you tell the story goes a really long way and it provides a lot of concreteness yeah. to the access that we then all get because we see what it was. We can feel it, we can touch it, we can hold it. Um, that kind of stuff is important. Especially, you know, especially when someone is gone too soon or when someone really had a deep impact. Being able to touch some part of them yeah. is key. So, but that's the... That's the general tradition. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Oh, just that the box um, travels. It does travel. We, both wallets open as well as wallets closed. We try very hard um, to make it, this is not the ancestor box that lives at one of the priest houses. Yeah. Like, it is... It used to be that we would, whoever was the druid in charge for the upcoming ritual... Would take it home. Would take it home at the end of, like, the previous one, and they would they would have it intended for the whole year leading up, or for the whole six weeks leading up to their right that they were leading, and then pass it on and pass it on. Um, we've moved away from that just because not everyone feels like they have space Yeah. Um, to have the box. Um, that, and it got difficult because... You wouldn't necessarily have the person leading the next right at the current right. Right, so it got complicated, but we do try to make sure that, like, every time the ancestor's box comes to a ritual, it is, is there anyone who would like to take it home yeah. and have it for a while? Mm-hmm. And, again, it's only open during, um, like, this lunar month. Yeah. And the only thing we ask is that if people are taking it during, like, while it's open that they are willing to either take the box to someone who needs to visit it or willing to have someone come visit the box or willing to have one of us come get the box and take it to someone who needs it. Like, yeah, if it's open, if you, if you are tending it while it's open, um, you have to be willing to accommodate people needing to visit it. Yeah. And sometimes it will travel to someone who has just lost someone. Yeah. Even in its closed state. Yeah. Um, it may be, it's one of those things that it gives you a place to put your stuff, like right on top of right it or in front it. of it or wherever. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had things that have traveled with the box while it's closed throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time when I had it when we had a, a horse tied on, like a, a horse figurine tied on the outside of it and we had um like a skeletal candle that was kind of with it and so there was a there was a time when there were just a bunch of things kind of gathered around it and you had to make sure that you when you took the box that you gathered (laughs) it all up all the stuff that wasn't in it yet Um, but yeah so like it, it, it that is another thing that if someone needs to put something with the box that it can travel with it even though it's closed yeah very true but yeah, I, and I do like that it's one of those... I mean, we generally try really hard to do that with our traditions, but I like that it is a... This is of the folk, by the folk, for the folk kind of thing, and, like, manage it themselves, instead of feeling like... I mean, I like to feel needed, but I don't... I don't need to feel needed, you know? Like, it... Yeah. I don't want it to be our thing. I want it to be, like, 
hour. Hour. Our, our the, the broader hour. Yes, the bigger <laughs> the bigger hour. Yeah. So, no, it's it's a good tradition. It's one worth talking about. And if if you're interested in starting one, all you really need is a box and something to put in it that reminds you of your ancestors. Whether that is your personal ancestors or your Grove's ancestors, but it's a lovely thing to share and to uh, work from as a Grove or as a community. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.